That is, it's a really powerful question that gets me every time I see it, which is, normal's changed, will you? We traditionally, and that's not just Stockbridge Methodist, just we traditionally in the church have struggled with change. We can at least own that and be honest about that it's hard for us. But yet we face a new normal. And so that's what we have been talking about or beginning to talk about as we go through this uh, year is that we are starting to look at what does it mean to, to live into a new normal. Uh, the reality is that following Jesus, it's kind of what Al was talking about. Following Jesus is not just simply feeling all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's difficult uh, to be people of faith. But yet we also believe that our destiny as people of Christ, our destiny is something bigger than just ourselves. And I believe that we have come to a place of a heightened awareness of that over the last year. You know, because what I've realized is that some of the things that I thought that were comfort, I don't really need. I mean, the reality is, we haven't been out to eat since the pandemic started. You may not realize that when you look at me, but uh, we just eat well at home. But, but we have not been out to eat. I mean, we, haven't, we, we don't have to go to the movies. Um, we, we have done without many things. Uh, we don't have to necessarily have all of the the cable things that are out there. And of course, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Netflix helps with all that. But, 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 but we've learned as a people that there's certain things that we, don't, that we don't have to have. But what I've learned more than anything over the last 10 months is that I have to wake up every single day and put my trust in a God who is sovereign and a God who is still on the throne and I put my trust in that God each and every day. Every day. The simple things in life I have learned to enjoy. But it's putting my trust in God. Maybe, just maybe, God is showing us, and this is for us, the church, to stop and think about. God is showing us that it's going to take some personal equity as people of faith. Maybe we have come to the place where we can realize we were just a little too dependent on the building. We're a little too dependent on the church, and we've got to realize that we have to have personal time with the Almighty God. Personal time for us to spend in this relationship that we have. And some of the things that we do in worship unite us together. I mean, when we can sing a song and all declare, Lord, I need you. It unites us together a little bit. When we receive communion together, we unite together a little bit. When we gather for worship, but today I want us to think about as we pray together. Prayers of everyday people like you and me. When we pray together. Last week I told you that sometimes it's, it's a question that can spark a fire. And so here's my question. Do you understand the power that is available when we pray? 
Do you understand the power that is available when we gather together and pray together? Acts, the book of Acts describes prayer as the catalyst for the movement of God. That it is prayers, God's people come together, that's the catalyst for God moving. For us to understand that faith is not just us on our own. It is us being able to, to move forward even when we don't have the evidence yet. It's us being strong in our faith. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 4. And I love the fact, for those of you who are home right now, I love the fact that when I say that now, there's movement in the church. That's great. That means that you're actually bringing your Bibles to church or you've got it on your phone. You're at least looking something up. I don't know if you're doing Facebook or not right now, but at least it looks like that you're reading Scripture. Acts chapter 4. I want us to look at verse 31, and then we're just going to stay in Acts 4, so feel free to just keep your Bible open. It says, after they prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking God's word with confidence. That's what I pray for. That's what I want. I hope you do too. I want God to use me. All of my everydayness, all of my ordinary all of my flaws, all of my insecurities, all of my natural talents, all of my abilities. I want God to use me for something bigger than myself. And I want that for you and I want that for all of us, that God would use us for something bigger than anything that we can imagine or think about. That's what I want for us. I don't want, and I hope you don't, I don't want church to be about me. And I don't want church to be about you. I want church to be about something greater than ourselves through the power of Jesus Christ. And I think that if we begin to make that part of our prayer for 2021, it'll be beautiful, but it'll be dangerous. Beautiful and dangerous. God, that's what we need is we need God to move in us. And that requires us to be open to the Holy Spirit moving. Make that your prayer for 2021. God, move. Move us. Transform us. Change us. There's power in this. There's power in this scripture. One of the powers that we see is that we see the power of proximity. We don't think about that. They were gathered together. Now, you might think that that looks a lot like what it does this morning. They were gathered together in a sanctuary somewhere. But more than likely, they were gathered in their homes. More than likely, it looked vastly different. It looked more of like what you see for those of you who are online. They're just doing life together in their homes, but they're praying together. You see, we like to think of prayer as individualistic. We like to think of prayer as private. I pray every day, and you should be thankful for that. I pray every day. I get up. I may pray when I drink my coffee. I may pray when I'm driving to the church. I may pray when I walk into my office. I may pray uh, up in the chapel sometimes. I may pray here in the sanctuary. I may pray on my way home. I may pray before I go to bed. And on some days, I pray in all of those circumstances. But I pray every day. And we can appreciate that private prayer that all of us should be having. But folks, church... 
We need to learn the power of communal prayer. We need to learn the power of what it's meant for us to pray together because the communal aspect of prayer is how we ignite the movement of God. It's how we ignite the, the Holy Spirit over us. It's how we move and live and have our being is when we together come together and pray. And I know that some of you are going to say, well, you know what? I'm just, I like private prayer. I'm not comfortable with praying with someone else. And I want to say this with all the love that's in me. It's not about you being comfortable. We, the people of God, have got to learn how to pray together. We've got to be able to pray together, the communal aspect of prayer. It's not about us being comfortable. It's something bigger than us. It's something beyond us. And, what I, and I know this is something that we need to learn to do because I've watched you. 2020, we gathered together for Zooms. And we would gather together, and at the end of those Zoom sessions, I would say, okay, and some of us are going to need, somebody's going to need to close us with prayer. And you can imagine I'm sitting in a little square, and here's what everybody does. <laughs> look up, look down, look anywhere, just do not make direct eye contact with him. And so I've made it into a game. For those of you who are on Zoom with me, you know I've made it into a game where somebody randomly has to pray. And here's the thing. You've prayed. We have to learn how to pray together. When I ask any of you, will you come up and do an opening prayer? It should be yes. And it's, I, I realize that makes us nervous, but we've got to be comfortable as the people of God praying together. Because there's going to come a day where you're not going to be in this gathering and somebody's going to need you to pray for them. You've got to be ready to pray. We, as the people of God, have got to learn how to pray together. There is power in proximity. And it doesn't make a difference if we're gathered in a room like this or if we're gathered virtually on Zoom. There is power. The first followers of Jesus, they didn't have theology, math, everything figured out. They didn't have the right words to pray. They gathered together and they just prayed. That's what we have to learn to do because something happens when we pray together. Something happens in our heads, something happens in our hearts, and something happens in our hands. We've got to learn how to pray together. We experience this movement of God. If you've got your Bibles, look at verse 32. The community of believers was one in heart and mind. Man, wouldn't that be good? The community of believers was one in heart and mind. None of them would say, this is mine, about any of their possessions, but held everything in common. I hope that we have learned that over 2020 and that is that our possessions they don't mean squat in the scheme of things right I mean they don't they, they don't they're not significant what we can see in the early church is they understood something that maybe we need to reclaim today and that is to not hold your possessions too tightly to hold them a little more loosely 
couple of weeks ago when we were talking about postures of worship, you were with us either in person or online. You remember I talked to you about open hands and how that generous spirit, you can literally feel the tension from your hands when you release. But you know what? Open hands, I'm going to finish that sermon. Open hands become receiving hands. We just talked about letting go, but we also open our hands to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's what I see the people in the early church doing as they begin to pray together. They open up the possibility of the Holy Spirit moving among them. That's what we've got to get back to. I love the fact that for the early church, possessions were not as important as people. That's countercultural today. Maybe we really need to reclaim that. God wants to do something. Will we allow him to change us? Scripture goes on. Look at verse 33. The apostles continued to bear witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and an abundance of grace was at work among them all. There were no needy persons among them. Those who owned properties or houses would sell them, but bring the proceeds from the sales and place them in the care and under the authority of the apostles. Then it was distributed to anyone who was in need. And we don't realize that when we read that scripture, it's a complete economic shift. It's a complete change of the way that it's worked. Because we don't stop and realize that in that day, and some might argue it would be true for today as well, but in that day, rich people didn't interact with poor people. In that day, men and women were separate. In that day, slave and free, they were two distinct groups that did not mix. But with Pentecost, something new is happening. What we see in Pentecost is this new way of relating. Jesus changes everything up on its head. It's the exact opposite. It's a beautiful and yet dangerous way of living. And yet what it does is it breaks down the barriers that we create. A friend of mine pastors a little church of about 10 people, and last week he posted something. I'll, I'll try to share it with you. He posted something that was Sunday morning. He was before worship, and he was in his church, and he was looking out his church window. And outside their little church, they have this little box, and the box has food in it. And you can come by, and you can get a can of food if you're in need, or you can put a can in there if you have surplus. And so he was looking out his window and this old car pull, pulled up and a woman got out. He described her as having a bathrobe on, rollers in her hair, slippers on, and she was making a fast run to the box. And he said in his thought as he looked out the window, he thought, take your time, that's what it's there for. It's for you to get food. She opened up the box, went back to her car, and got out boxes of food to put into the little food pantry. And it was his post after that that he said, you know, I'm getting ready for worship. And that's the most Jesus thing I'm going to see all day long. It's a new way of relating, allowing us to break. He'd already created the definition of who she was, and she changed his view. It's a new way of relating. That's, that's what I'm inviting you to for 2021. The power of prayer. 
Listen to me. Prayer is not passive. Prayer is active. Say that. Prayer is active. Now say it like you mean it. Prayer is active. It, it, it takes us to get involved and pour ourselves into it. It's not just an existential exercise to make us feel good about ourselves. It's not just to us to throw something up to God and then walk away and not think about it or worry about it anymore. Yes, we give it and we put our trust to God. But folks, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to change us and move in us to have this movement of God that we are calling upon. Prayer is active. God works 